When Shamrock Rovers got one back, tears came to my eyes. When we went two went up and I heard those thousands of Sligo people, I was proud and we went out and won. Best town in the world. Best town in the world. Best town in the world. More drama here. Gilali. North. Elding. 3-2. They've been looking for Stenson's head away at the far post. And over it comes Elliot. Stenson. 1-1. Good evening, and you're very welcome along to this week's episode of the Bit of Red Supporters Trust podcast, brought to you by the White Hag Brewing Company in Ballymote in County Sligo. Ronan Flanagan here this week, and I am delighted to be joined by Connor Lynch. Connor, how are you? I'm very good, Ronan. Welcome along. Thank you very much. Jerry O'Connor, how are you? Tip top, Ronan. And Shane McGoo-McGodrick. Shane, how are you? All good, Ronan. You're welcome. Thank you very much. So, and Shane, and Shane, you're welcome too. Yeah. Thanks very much, Connor. So what do we have planned out for you this week? We are live here on Zoom. We're not live, but we are having this podcast on Zoom. What do we have for you this week? So we will look back on Friday night's game against Strahada United. And uh, we will look forward to of course, Saturday's game against Shelburne. As well as that, we will discuss the latest news around the club, such as tickets on sale for the Ballatown game and a certain search for a certain password. Uh, we'll also talk about the new what sign. Where are the tickets for Motherwell going on sale? <laughs> <laughs> Go on, let him get through his intro. Come on. We will on. talk about new signing, Frank Levac from Estonia. We will talk about the departure of Jordan Hamilton. We'll have a run-through of the academy results from the club and we'll talk about any other news relating to the trust and the club. As well as that, we will discuss the Sligo Rovers women's team who returned to SSE Women's National League action on Saturday when they play Bohemians at Dalymount Park. And as well as that, we will have the usual fun, usual games on this week's instalment of the Bit of Red Supporters Trust podcast. First of all, we'll look back on Friday night's game at Heading again Park against Strada United. I suppose, Connor, first of all, was it two points dropped or one point gained? Uh, I think it's kind of hard. I, I think it's hard to determine. I think, um, um, like when you look at and take the game as a whole, um, obviously, both both sides didn't create much. Um, Drahada didn't create much. Um, maybe you could say that they had the best chance of the game there in the second half with that ball that flashed across. Goal, uh, Ed McGinty's goal, um, and they just there was nobody there to convert. But uh, I, I kind of, on reflection, and with a few days that have passed, I kind of feel that I'm kind of reasonably happy with the one point. And I would say, and I'd say the lads will talk about this a bit more. Um, from conversations that I've had with people over the last week who would be more knowledgeable than me, they were happier with how the team was set up, I think, and just how the team was. Um, structured and maybe they were kind of more cohesive um, you know in, you know, def- in a defensive position they were kind of more organised and um, that was kind of the main positive I suppose that might have come out with that come out of that game and Jerry we saw there that um, Gary Buckley did not make the match day squad 
it was Lewis Banks and Shane Blaney in the heart of defence. Um, I suppose worrying that Gary didn't make the game, but I suppose Lewis Banks did do a good job when he filled in there at centre half. Yeah, I thought he was brilliant. Um, considering, yeah, really had what three of the back four were fullbacks, and um, and Shane Blaney wouldn't have started the season as first choice. So. In fairness, we didn't look like we were going to concede. Uh, I know they had might have one or two half chances, but they were very, very solid. And I thought, um, thought Banksy was 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 top class. To be fair, and Shane, we saw there, Colin Horgan. I suppose he kind of got more forward than he usually does. Um, I suppose it'd be interesting to see what does John Russell do when it comes to the Shelburne game. Does he stick with? I suppose depending on the availability of Gary Buckley for that game. Yeah, a lot obviously depending on the availability of Gary and uh, Nando and the European game uh, the few days later. So I don't think anybody would probably be risked. The same as the draw the game, lads won't be risked. But I'd agree with the boys. I think, um, you know, as Connor said, you could look at it both ways. Um, but I do think we looked comfortable in defence for as Jerry said a makeshift defence, and you're missing your 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 best sitting midfielder in front of that and Greg like so. You could have been very exposed in that area, but we weren't. I thought we dealt with anything they had all night. Um, so that's why you could probably look at it on the other side as two points dropped because, you know, if we put, maybe if we if we took a few more risks in the last 20, we might have got something out of it. But I think you can kind of see, uh, uh, maybe it's just me, but in the couple of games since John has been in, you can see a pattern where away from home, there'll definitely be no risk taken. Um, whereas at home, we'll... we'll even if you're looking at substitutions from the, the couple of away games we've had compared to the home games, you know, you see at home, Shamey comes on the last day against Derry, obviously. He came on the last day again. Then he was bringing Barlow on. He dropped Shamey into sentiment field. Like, that's very attacking mind the substitutions. Whereas away from home, it's be more conservative as the case of not getting beat. And I, I think that might be the way going forward. Don't get better away from home and... and We'd be, we'd be a lot more open and a lot more attacking and energetic at home, which would be fine to suit me down to the ground. Yeah. I think what I think Magoo there, what you said, like a lot of people questions when um when I went off that a lot of people would have thought that Q would have been the, the natural replacement. Um but I think you're right in, in that look, you could have brought Q on and and maybe we could have lost again. Uh bringing Cauley on kind of made sure that you didn't lose the game. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. So it was a bit of a balance, you know, and uh, we, we didn't go, all, like, and in fairness, look, we nearly won the game in the last minute. Um, we nearly sneaked it. Um, I think one of their defenders just put the ball around the, the post. So, um, yeah, I think at home, I think Kyo would have come on, but away from home, Cauley was the, I think yeah. that would be the pattern, yeah. I think it will. And I think as well, um, as I was watching like with 20 or 25 to go I remember saying if this was two months ago we, we'd lose this game Yeah, having had, all the, having had all the possession and they, they were starting to come into it a wee bit and, and starting to get further up the pitch and you were looking and going two months ago we lose this game now so if you're interested to see what happens from here on in yeah, and like we held them out pretty handily to be honest I thought we nearly sneaked it yeah we nearly sneaked it yeah and we kept doing the same thing though there was no we didn't lose our shape we didn't lose our way of playing. It was just the same thing, which is good to see. We kept doing what was asked of them, I'd say, over the 90 minutes. They didn't lose their shape or discipline or concentration. And, like, we were comfortable throughout. Yeah. 
But I think also, I think just on uh, Andrade, like they're, they're, I think they're unbeaten in five, which includes a win over Shamrock Rovers. Uh, so Derry was in that as well. They've beat Derry. Uh, um, or they drew, they drew with Derry, didn't they? Yeah, with Derry, but, yeah. but they're, um, you know, of that bottom two, what are they in the bottom? Are they third from bottom? Um, yeah, eight. Old. Yeah. Yeah. So they're so like of that of that bottom group, they're definitely the team that are that have the best um, the best form currently. So I think up there, you know, the gate you, you can't take them lightly. And I think John Russell's approach was probably, oh, and, and considering the players that we were we were missing, John Russell's approach was probably um, the best. And you know, I think that's why I, I I come away from it feeling kind of reasonably positive. On a negative, like to, to bring a negative into it too, like because and well, not even a negative, just to be a realist. Um, look, we didn't offer. Well, look, our shape was great, our discipline was great. We didn't cough up any chances, but at the same time, we didn't create a lot. I thought our wide players were pretty ineffective. There was a few lovely balls knocked out to O'Sullivan. His touch wasn't great, and the play broke down. Um, so. You know, I, I do think that we need to add a little bit of quality uh, and a little bit of noose into the wide areas and, and maybe in the middle as well. So just to, for for all that we've done, we just still didn't create enough, I thought. Oh, I thought I thought uh, on that as well, Jerry, I thought, I thought uh, Keane was very deep as well. Yeah. Which, you know, probably added to that. Not having anybody to hit, if you're the wingers, like not having any man to hit. Yeah. or hold, hold it up up top like yeah. I, I, I guess Keane in that position at home in the showgrounds is fine if we're on the front foot and um, we're willing to take more chances but away from home it, it just resulted in in Mata being completely isolated I think yeah. you know I, I mean at the start I said that we were cohesive as a, as a unit but on the you know I suppose to continue on which Ari was saying the ne- on the negative side of things he, Mata was uh, he, he was kind of separated from from everybody else and the chances that he did have were kind of half chances or he was operating off yeah. trying to generate chances from corners and stuff like that. United Park is such a small, tight pitch as well. I think Matt is better off or is better playing off the shoulder. And on that pitch, it's very, very difficult. Like the pitch, because it's so tight, so narrow, so there's not a lot of space. The pitch was like a rock as well. Yeah, so, I did. I did. They don't want to be pushing up high either. Like. No, so it didn't really suit uh, Mata, um, and then he was disjointed because uh, Kino was going deep in search of the ball. So I suppose that's mainly main, the main reasons why we didn't really penetrate them up top. Yeah, and I think I think like I know people say come from side, but ha- having someone like Greg on the pitch there as well would have. I think he definitely would have pushed fellas up yeah. a couple of yards further up the pitch, like he got us closer to Mata. Yeah. Ronan, what was the question again? Was it two points dropped <laughs> or one point gained? <laughs> well, look, in, in relation to the to the points gained and points drops, I think results have gone for us as well over the last couple of days, haven't they? Absolutely, yeah. yeah. Moving on then, yeah. I suppose, that like we saw, you mentioned there, Argentina dropping deep. And like, I suppose he was signed as a number nine. Um, but Max Mata... I suppose he had good moments, but at the same time, like anytime, sometimes I found that the, that the play didn't slow down with him, but you know, there was no real, I suppose it was a common theme in the game. There was no real urgency to the game. I found, 
Um, what do you think yourselves? Like, I, I kind of noticed at one stage there, there was no ball boys or ball girls there at the ground at all. So there was no one throwing balls onto the pitch. It was kind of like a, I suppose, an end of season feel to the game. Like, you wouldn't fit the minutes that tight. <laughs> <laughs> it's paying as well up there, I think. <laughs> but I think, look, I think uh, Drada were probably very happy with the pace of the game. Um, yeah. And I, like, they, I'm sure they're delighted with the point that they got. Uh, so, I, like, really, the the uh, like it, it was probably down to Rovers to maybe set the tempo if they were going to go after it. Which I suppose, you know, if you if you look at the summation of the conversation that we're having, it doesn't look like we were ultimately going to chase the three points up there. One player that did actually inject a bit of urgency into the game when he came on was Heaney. I thought he was deadly when he came on. Yeah, he ha- he has um, his raw pace that that's obviously that we've seen over the last couple of weeks. I suppose that's that's you know, I mean, how do you how do you how do you make the most out of that? He needs to be he needs to have the likes of Mata and other players closer to him so that he can um, they can make things happen because otherwise. He's kind of chasing balls down corridors, and there's there's no one around him to 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 capitalize on it. The fourth, first ball that was played out to him, like straight away, he didn't even need to take a touch. It was like balls played into him, bang, just laid it off and was gone around the corner. Do you know what I mean? Um, which is kind of sometimes difficult to do when you come straight into a game and it's what 70, 75 minutes. You know, normally you'd like to get a touch, but straight away, bang, no touch. Didn't have to take a first touch. Give the ball back and was on his bike. The second time then, um, I think it was Deegan kept the ball in play and he shouldn't have, he should have let it go out. And straight away, Heaney was onto it and he was down down the down the line. And we actually, that was in the last minute or so. And that's when we nearly scored the, the draw the uh, defender nearly scored for us. So I, I was I was delighted. I thought he was refreshing when he came on. Just like what um, Ronan was saying there, like sometimes it did feel like there was a lack of urgency, but, but I just think, Straight away when he came into the game, he injected that urgency and that enthusiasm. And I'd love to see him. I'd love to get, see him start. I think he deserves it now at this stage. Yeah, I think enthusiasm is a great word for him, Terry. Yeah, he has bundles of it. Like he, he he plays on the front foot, really, doesn't he? He's he's and he's massive work rate and enthusiasm and just energy and like he is like he was a breath fresh air, but he is most times when he comes on. Yeah. He doesn't just come, he doesn't just come on and stand around waiting for things to happen. He yeah. tries to make them happen. He's also a player that's come out of the academy, and there hasn't been a huge amount of um, there hasn't been a huge amount to talk about him in in contrast maybe to some of the others. Like you know, so he he maybe he feels that well, not that he's more to prove, but that he or maybe there's just less less pressure on him. So he, when he when he comes on, he can just do his thing, like you know. But yeah, he definitely looks like he's he's an attacking player, and he's. More willing to get up to play on the front foot than, than uh, you know, not, not not in contrast to anything else. But he he looks like he's he looks like he could be a real he, he could be a, he could be a real fine going forward. And yeah, Jerry, you're probably right. He needs game time to really see you know what he can do. I think he was very lucky at the start of the season, Connor. And um, if if you, I think it was the the Longford or sorry the Athlone Town game where he scored two and he missed a penalty, to score a hat trick. And I don't know if it was the training afterwards that he got injured in that. Um, and the first part of the season, I think, I made a comparison to um, uh, a comparison to Johnny Kenny. Um, 
in that if you go back to last season in the preseason games, the last game before we started the season, Johnny Kenny scored two goals against that one as well. And then Killian done the same. And you're like kind of thinking, like, this fella has to has to get starting or he has to come off the bench in the first game. And it was just really, really unlucky for him that he was injured and he missed the first few weeks of the season. So then you're kind of starting all over again to get back in. And sometimes you just need that little bit of luck. And I'm not saying that, I'm not saying that, he, well, there's no reason why he can't be good, as good as Johnny Genny. But you need that little bit of luck as well. And I think Killian missed that. And it's kind of nearly like starting again halfway through the season for him to force his way in. But he's definitely going about it in the right way. So, you know, I'd love to see him start uh, against Shells. So moving on now to our uh, White Hag beer scorecast giveaway from the Draw United game. Did we have any winners on the game on Saturday, lads, for the on last no, Friday? Sorry. No, we didn't have any winners at all, Ronan. Uh, and we why is that? Why is that, Jerry? Yeah, we didn't have any winners because Connor and Baller is ours putting it up. I right, okay. I'll hold my hands up. I, f- I forgot to do it. I will say in my defense, right? When I do in the past, when I forgot, because I'm very busy, obviously, I'm, I'm hugely busy. Uh, in the past, when I've forgotten, I usually get a warning text message from Jerry O'Connor, just a kind of friendly, <laughs> yeah. don't forget Connor, you know, which never came uh, ahead yeah. of the, the... I was en route to draw that. You were on the phone to me. I spoke to you in the car. <laughs> <laughs> so so what we do, we'll give four cases away for the um, for the Shelburne game. Uh, so you can get your beer scorecast in. You can use the hashtag beer scorecast uh, on Facebook and Twitter. And uh, tag the trust and tag the White Hag, who are our uh, sponsors, and they are giving us the beer to give away. So apologies to the White Hag and to everybody else who are, who's not uh, currently drinking the White Hag that they should have been drinking this week. But we will give four cases of the Clan Club White Hag away after the Shelburne game on Saturday night in the Showgrounds. I'm sorry. Right, lads, we'll move on now to the latest news surrounding the club and I suppose the trust itself. First of all, the main question I want to ask you, Jerry, is where's the password? Where is the password? Oh my God. Jesus. Such a shit show. Wasn't it? Yeah, look at Let's not go in too hard on on uh, the, the poor I forget the, uh, the is he the media Joe. officer or the PRO, Joe, over there in Bala, who I look forward to meeting. We all look forward to meeting. Um, he, did, he, he put his hands up. No more than me forgetting about the beer scorecast. People yeah. can make mistakes. <laughs> but sometimes people make mistakes. And, right, uh, someone else down with you, Connor. Yeah. But look, we spoke about this last week on the podcast. I mean, why they didn't just dish out a load of tickets, send them over to the showgrounds and let us take care of a certain amount. And then if there's any left over, they send over another batch. And when they sell them again, it seems so simple. We've been doing this. This is how it's been worked for, I'd say, all clubs for the last 50 years or whatever amount of time. Um, League of Ireland teams have been involved in European football like it's like stick to what works so yeah, we're think... put, putting them in a lot of Willy Wonka chocolate bears <laughs> <laughs> well I, do you know what I'll te- tell you about my experience on was it last was it Wednesday night we got we or t- Friday sorry Friday wasn't it Thursday Thursday Jesus. so uh, I obviously I made the expression of interest like many other Rovers fans uh, prior to the tickets going on sale a week or two before the tickets went on sale and uh, was sitting by the laptop laptop at half six like everybody else. And beforehand, uh, I'd say. Yeah, and no sign of um, the password. And obviously, we were all getting very itchy uh, feet. 
Uh, eventually, maybe it, was, it might have been seven o'clock or after seven o'clock, the password came in. So, and I'd say my experience is similar to many other people, although uh, I know that my outcome was not the same as many other people's. So I just wanted one ticket. I eventually got my password, went down to the, the ticketing site, entered in my password, and the website crashed, couldn't process the payment, got the five gateway 504 or whatever it was. I did that th- on three occasions, put the, the same password in three times. On the third attempt, the payment went through. So I was like, oh, that's great. Okay, success. And then I got three emails to confirm that I had successfully purchased three tickets. I only wanted one. Other people did not. Other people got no tickets. They were looking for three and four tickets. And uh, so I, I, I was looking for one. I ended up with three. I paid for the three in the end and dished them out, dished the two other two out to people who were looking for tickets. But it was just like, how did they? Like, I, I just can't. I just can't understand it. Yeah, I was looking for one adult and one concession. And like that too, it was well after seven o'clock and when I got them, again, gateway 504 or whatever. But when I actually got to pay for the tickets, there was one adult, one concession, and there was another adult down the bottom. And I was like, so I could have bought two adults, but I was afraid to risk it. I said, look, no, I'm just going to buy what I need. But like that too, I probably could have got two adults and one, one concession. And as you said, Connor, then other people didn't get any tickets. Well, and that's it. And that's like, I mean, like uh, when I ended up with the three tickets, I was all I was aware of was that there was obviously other people out there who yeah. didn't get any tickets, like, you know. Yeah. Um, so, and then like the club have said uh, yesterday on Monday that they were obviously in conversation with Bada Town about trying to secure more tickets. I, like, I don't know, how, was there a batch, was it 300 tickets were initially sold to Slag Rover supporters last week? Yeah, mm-hmm. 300 was the, the initial. Um and fair, look, Bala keep giving updates about updates. Yeah. <laughs> still no, still no concrete information. Like, it's like I don't know. It's like uh, manana, you know. But hopefully, we will hear more news tomorrow. Look, I'd be fairly confident. Uh, I was actually on to Joe Taft, Taft Joe uh, during the week, yeah. and he was like, he was saying, "Look, yeah, we will get more tickets." Right. Okay. Yeah. Um, they could do it. Hurry up, putting them up though, really, couldn't they? Yeah. How many fans do we think are going to be traveling? So obviously uh, we've organized a bus from Liverpool, two buses from Liverpool to Westbury and back. There's a hundred people on that. Um, Gary McLean from the Dublin Supporters Club is running a bus, uh, two buses maybe from uh, Wrexham to Westbury. So how many people do we think, are, how many people do we expect are going to travel? Definitely I, 300, maybe close to four. I had heard, Connor whether this is true or not, but I heard it from a fairly good source that there were 700 expressions of interest from Rovers fans. So that would lead you to believe that 700 people wanted to go or were looking to go or maybe had booked to go. So I think I'd some say, of them might have been duplicate stuff. People with two different email addresses. Uh-huh. I think that's what that might have been. But like if you sold 300 tickets, right, straight off the bat, and there's at least another 100 looking for uh so you're you're talking between four and five. You could talk maybe about four fifty. You've sold three hundred. There's about a hundred looking for tickets, and then you might have fifty in the dare I say it in the home end or people from the UK. So I would say about four fifty. Yeah, I think there could be more. Could be more. Yeah, yeah, could be more. Magoo. Um, Jerry, what's the story? So, um, you have um, well, there's a pub being organised for a meetup in Liverpool. Yeah, so it's uh, Fitzgerald's uh, Irish pub on Slater Street. 
So it's right bang uh, in the city centre. Um, so that's where the buses are leaving from as well from for Liverpool for Liverpool. Um, so they're going to put on music, food, uh, the drink specials, everything that uh, you could possibly want. Said they put up a few flags as well. Uh, so for ter- for Wednesday and Thursday night. So that should be really really good crack. Yeah. Uh, and I know there's something similar going on in Wrexham. Carrie's uh, yeah. organized stuff there in the on social media. So yeah, look at the bus. Uh, the bus from Liverpool is going to leave somewhere close to Fitzgerald. Uh, Fitzgerald. It probably won't leave directly outside. I'm sure there'll be traffic and issues or whatever. But um, there'll be some. I will email everybody I have on my list uh, to confirm exactly where uh, we'll be departing from. So, there's uh, some uh, Cork people on our bus. Uh, some Westmead people. Uh, half the Buckley clan from um, from Cork City are uh, coming up. Um, I've I've told them to. Um, well, they've told me that they're very they're very much um, uh, supporting Rovers. There'll be no there'll be no conflict of interest. There'll be no shite hawking on the bus. I think there's a few Keenas on it as well. There's a couple of Keenas as well. Yeah. 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 So, I'm sure the boys will look after them. Yeah. 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 Right, so that's that's uh, that's the, the ticketing situation. So I suppose, yeah, fingers crossed that we get a few more, right? Yeah, I think we will. I think we will. Um, just one other thing as well. So um, we have two uh, souvenir scarves that will be on sale in the pubs before the games and also at, at the game itself. So, uh, yes, so the, the, the trust of designing two scarves, uh, European uh, souvenir scarves, so they'll be selling a uh, 15 euro, 15 pound, whatever you have on you at the time. Um, and uh, make a few bob for, for the club. So, uh, yeah. I'd be, pu- I'd be pushing the 15 pound there, Jerry. Yeah. yeah, yeah. <laughs> Don't be giving me that old shite euro. Yeah, what, what's that, mate? What's that? <laughs> <laughs> Monopoly money. I've got one of those perm wigs as well, you know. And then we tashed. Right? the suitcase. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> this week's special. <laughs> Hey Ron, let's let's push on. Absolutely, yeah. So next up, I suppose we uh, we saw last week was the announcement of a new signing, Frank Levac. I think as you pronounce it, has signed for Rovers. Uh, first impressions, lads. Oh, brilliant! Good first impression, Miguel. Would like it? Yeah, yeah. I don't know. I haven't seen anything of him. I know nothing about him, but he's brilliant. Uh, well, have you? Well, I can tell you. No, no, I have. I watched. I watched one clip or two clips on YouTube, and um, like he looks decent. But sure, anybody can look decent on YouTube. Just the clips. But the one thing I will say is, like you know, he comes with a good CV. Um, a lot of people have come with a good CV to us. But he's the thing about this fellow is he's done it over a prolonged period, and uh, what is he? Has thirty Estonian caps? Is it? He has uh, twenty-four senior caps and loads of underage caps. 24, so that's like it's over a prolonged period he's been playing at a high level. It's not just a one or two flash in the pan. And also, he's still under contract. These these lads didn't, weren't letting him go or he wasn't at the door of the club like or with no club. Yeah, He's I still think, under contract. So that's 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 two good signs to me anyway. I, I think that's the most notable thing about it is that he is, that they didn't, he's playing, he, he's under contract with uh, Levadia, I think, who are one of the top teams. Uh, over there, and they didn't. They, they didn't really want to let him go. He was like yeah. a, one of the one of the core players in the in the starting eleven. Uh, he looks like a number ten. Uh, he looks big. 
and he looks like he gets about the place. Um, and I suppose, like, I don't know, like we sp- spoke about on the podcast that we want, well, Sean has been um, vocal about the fact that he wants wingers, um, but, you know, the number 10 position as well is going to, you know, it's going to make Max Mata and Aiden uh, Keane is, it's gonna, well, it's going to push them into the positions that they should be in, I suppose, from a, from a, mm-hmm. a you know, a, uh, a tactical point of view, you know. Yeah, yeah, we definitely need we definitely need someone closer to the strikers, right? Don't we? From yeah. the field area, and someone who can carry the ball is is something we're crying out from for midfield areas for a while now. Someone who can carry that ball 10, 15 yards of the pitch, it brings everybody up with you then as well. What are your thoughts, Jerry? Yeah, I haven't seen any clips of him, um, but the one thing I'd say is that. Um, I think Russell done his uh, pro license, uh, and Estonia was his uh, case study. So he knows the Estonian league and and the players very very well. Um, so like McGill was saying, I don't think this is just some random fella that ha- looks good on paper. I think John knows the player, um, personally contacted the player and persuaded him to come. So that for me. Um, signals a different type of direction when signing a foreign player rather than just signing them off stats or, or stuff like that. Um, yeah. Uh, also, I think he, he's arriving tomorrow. So uh, Friday is the 1st of July. So hopefully all the paperwork um, is dotted and the T's are crossed and all that. And he'll be available for uh, Saturday night against Shells. Obviously, I'd be very doubtful that he'd start, but be nice to have him on the bench. Yeah, what's absolutely. their what's their season over there? Uh, yeah, they're halfway through. They've, well, yeah. like Levadi are top of the league. They've eight in games played. The ten team league. Yeah, so he's he should be bang in form and fitness wise. Like so, yeah. we know yeah. he should there. Yeah, um, three goals this season so far from um, from Frank. Yeah, that's good. Yeah, Frank the Tank. I like to call him. <laughs> <laughs> Get the flag made up. <laughs> Feed the Frank. Uh, get more time to it. He's a head like a tank. See, it's like a brick. He's big out head, number right, yeah. yeah like Gavin Pierce esque. Yeah, yeah. If you can head a ball like Gav, we sound. <laughs> he's played in Europe too, lads. Like you know, he's yeah, he's true. European experience was great to see as well. Like yeah. coming handy. Uh, the other thing is, um, you know, from an attacker position, is uh, the confirmation that Jordan Hamilton is slow on Awalia. It is confirmation. Yeah, he made his confirmation there during the week. Yeah, that's what that's, that was the main goal of coming over. He got a red rosette. He, was looking, he had uh, he, did he not called around the houses as well looking for money. Knocking <laughs> on my door. Get out. He wanted he wanted to do it in the uh, cathedral. How long, t- long did it take him to get out? When you told him to get out? <laughs> yeah, but like it, it, like look, and I think over the last number of weeks, I suppose we all knew that he was he was gone, but. Like he's a case of what might have been. Ah, look, he's a great. He's like all the ability in the world, but um, just too inconsistent. Yeah. And he's. Yeah, he's I thought. He, I, I thought after that game, draw it. I thought, geez, we've a superstar in our hands here. Yeah. yeah. The maybe the the Liam Buckley regime didn't suit him. Uh, you know, you probably needed somebody on his case all the time if you were gonna, if you were gonna, uh, if you're gonna get the most out of him. Yeah, and then by the time I suppose. You install a new manager, you've already kind of made your bed. 
But interesting as well about the Frank Levac is that he, from what I could see anyway, that well, his former club announced that he had signed a one and a half year deal as well. Like so, that's you know, guaranteed eighteen months of Frank Ash at the showgrounds, I suppose. Yeah, I wonder do we pay money for this guy? There probably was a fee, maybe. Yeah. Been a small undisclosed fee, yeah. Um, but I suppose at the same time too, he's not going to come for anything less than eighteen months. Yeah, mm. which is a good sign too because he obviously values himself. Yeah, yeah. and he's making a commitment to the place. Like, yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, just on, uh, I don't know if we mentioned it. But we spoke about it before we started recording. Um, um, maybe we did. Jesus, I can't remember. Did we mention this already? Um, Ball have made four signings since um, Sligo Rovers were announced as uh, their opposition for for the game on uh, uh, next week. So they're signed. Um, did we speak about this already? Since we started recording? No. No. Um, come on, Miguel. Um, so yeah, they 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 are stocking up on their their players as well, and they're getting experience in there. One of the lads has played uh, conference league football with um, uh, with a team from Gibraltar, uh, the Imps, I think they're called. And uh, one of the other lads has played a national league uh, division one, which is obviously a good standard as well. So um, yeah, like I think I I expect. I, I, it'd be no walk in the park over there I don't think I think it'd be, be a tough enough game yeah look it's going to be honest of course it's going to be a tough game um, look it's European football they have a lot more they probably have more well they do have a lot more European experience than we have um, you know they finished third in your league I know it's not a great league I think as well and I don't know if I said it before but we're nearly basing them on the the fact that they have only two or three hundred fans per game I don't think that reflects the ability of the team um, because, again, as I said, like a lot of these fellas and like what you said there, Connor, like they're coming from decent clubs. They're either didn't make it in, say, League One or Two or there might, might be fellas that have made it at a higher level but are winding down. So they're not going to be... They're, they're not like what a lot of people's perception are. That These guys are... They might be professional now, but they were professional at some point. Um, Again, the big advantage that we will have over them is that we're midway through our own season. And I think by the time we play them, they will have five weeks preseason. But nothing you can't you can have all the preseason you train you want, but it's it's about match fitness when it comes down to it. And I, I just think that we'll have too much for them. God, I hope we will. Yeah, like I think that it's it's difficult to uh, you know judge like for like in relation to our league against you know what sort of opposition we're going to face and the other thing about these players is that they could all be very talented players or they could have a number of very talented players who are just unwilling to go to take up full-time professional contracts yeah. because they could be laborers or whatever earning top daughter you know plasters or whatever it might be and they're like i'm not going to go waste my time uh, at 25 years of age trying to chase a professional contract when i can earn an extra couple of hundred quid on top of my already good wage and i'm a decent footballer yeah yeah um Draw the draw the United are an example of that where draw to pick up an awful lot of players that can't commit to full-time football in Dublin. So you've got the likes of St. Dan Massey, who's an electrician. So he's probably earning good money as an electrician, probably picking up three, four hundred quid a week from Drada. So and mm. with that, you know, like it's, it's it's handy money and he's doing something that he loves. So I'm sure there are plenty of examples like I think with, with, with Bala, it's in North Wales. So you have, you know, Liverpool, Manchester, Preston, Blackburn, population. Blackburn yeah. all within spitting distance of, of playing there. So, you know, they're pulling for a much 
bigger, bigger region than even Ireland. Like the population of Greater Manchester is is a bigger population than Ireland itself. So there's a big, big pool of players to, to still pull from. So there'll be no most, there'll be no pushover. Right, lads, we'll move on now to uh, the women's team who are back in action this Saturday, return to the league after the mid-season break. They go to Bowes on Saturday at six o'clock. Um, I suppose the mid-season break was probably a good time to recharge the batteries and uh, look ahead to it, which looks like a hectic end to the season. They're in the Cup now next Saturday in the showgrounds. But first of all, I suppose the mid-season break um, what even the question is, Venus? Um, like I suppose that they've made it. They've made a strong start to the the season so far, and they'll be hoping to to carry that on for the remainder of the season, Connor. Well, the the um the yeah the start of the season has been great. Um, uh, I, I like I don't know. I, I I would say that they're they're probably they're definitely ahead of schedule on how to perform it. Uh, again, you know, kind of repeat myself a little bit. Certain players are probably excelling, uh, which is great, but it's probably causing problems for Steve Feeney. I think I think the big, like obviously they're doing very well. The big challenge that Steve will have is trying to build a team over time, I suppose. Um, and that, you know, the more talented players don't, don't just get pulled away because obviously, you know, I, I guess the women's team are getting expenses. Um, but after that, they're probably not getting a huge amount of money, uh, if any at all. So any offer of a semi-professional contract, whether it's you know on the east coast or uh, an opportunity in England, um, you know, and we know that there's there's, there's probably interest, um, certainly around one of the players, uh, Emma Doherty, probably the standout. Um, is it Emma Doherty? I think it is Emma Doherty. Yeah. Um, so I think that's I think like uh, incredible credit has to go to. Obviously, the players and the team, but I think Steve Feeney's challenge will be trying to... Make, and I know as well, you know, in putting the team together in such a short space of time, um, there is already there's players who are travelling a reasonable distance uh, to come to training sessions and to come to the showground for home games. So, obviously, that's going to be a strain on players. So, I hope, um, I hope um, that they can kind of really create that sense of team spirit and like they were doing weren't they doing activities over the last number of weeks to try and like they were doing um uh the uh you know they were doing sessions out in Strand Hill weren't they? There was to, a team uh, bonding event yeah the the Twitter account had a they were out in a, I think was it um Cullymore Strand yeah so yeah and they were doing like yeah what's what what do you call it? It's gonna like a Helen back type yeah challenge really yeah so and then but the other side of it is you know the flip side to to that is that because they are doing so well, obviously they're going to be they're going to be attractive players as well, and um, the club will seem as will will now be a viable option for talent. Well, yeah, will be a viable option for for talented footballers from around the region to to um, come in and get involved if if uh, the management team think they're good enough. And see, Jerry as well, like the the cup draw against Douglas Hall Cork, I suppose it's a, it's a winnable game if you want a first cup tie for the team as well. Yeah, um, Douglas Hall from Cork. Um, so look, I suppose it's great that it's a home tie against a non-league team. So um, I'm sure the the guys will be fancying their chances. And I, what I'm hoping for, uh, Rowan, is a double bill in uh, the Viva. 
So the women's on first and then the men on second. That'd be some day, wouldn't it? Oh, that'd be incredible. <laughs> what a day that would be, huh? Yeah. yeah, you never know. You never know. Yeah. But look, now, the- you've, now you've put it in my head, Joey. That's all I want now. It won't be good enough if 41 <laughs> makes it true now. <laughs> yeah. Getting greedy. Yeah. But no more than bad at time, Douglas Hall won't be any push over either. I'm sure ah, they're yeah, probably a team that have been together for years as well. And it's hard to gauge the the difference in standard between, um, true, you know, true. Uh, what would you call them, like regional or county leagues, or whatever it might be, or city leagues, whatever it might be. Like Douglas Hall, they're an absolutely rock solid club uh, in in Cork. Marvel United played them a couple of years ago in an All Ireland competition under 16. Um, the the it might have been the SFAI Cup, but they're like. A big club, they could be one of the biggest clubs. Uh, they could be one of the biggest local clubs in the in the country, like you know. Um, so it's hard to judge, yeah, you know, just because they're coming from you know, quote unquote, non league. It's not to say that they won't be, you know, a very good team. And the no, goals, well, yeah, go on. I just gotta say, I think no matter what happens with the with the with the women's team from now till the end of the season, like whether they get bet in the cup or not, or have a great run in the cup, I think. You know, it has to be deemed as a success anyway, whatever happens from here on in, because I think they've exceeded all expectations so far with the way that they've done, with how well they've done uh, in the league. And, and as Connor was saying, we're coming into the transfer window now, like, so they can sign players. So I'm sure they'll, I'm sure they're, that Steve definitely has a few earmarks maybe to come in and that to make them stronger. So I can see them pushing on again for the, the second half of the season and again picking up some good wins and important wins. And, um, like finishing, you know, if to finish mid, if to finish mid table, like in the first season, it'd be it'd be an unbelievable achievement. Yeah, yeah. They they you know what they say about the the uh, the second record after the debut is always the toughest one. Like next season will probably be harder again. Like you know. Yeah. Um, but uh, I know as well. i just looking at uh, at some of our notes here as well. Uh, Ronan, you've pointed out Pixie O'Hara as well as part of the Ireland Under Nineteen uh, women's squad who are at a training training camp in St. George's Park. Uh, and they're due to play England uh, in a friendly match. So Pixie's obviously a huge talent. Um, and like she's another player that's that's going to be uh, raising people's eyebrows, not just in Ireland, but across the water, I suppose. She's very young, though, isn't she? Absolutely, yeah. She's only still 16, so still a great achievement, I suppose, to get to under 19s and... Some experience, though, I suppose, to St. George's Park. So that's, you know, the cream of training facilities in, in the world, probably, or in Europe, anyway. Yeah. Um, so, great experience for her. Right, lads, we'll move on now to the final part before we wrap up. Uh, Saturday night, 7.45, back in the showgrounds for Shelburne at home. Damien Duff rolls into the showgrounds once again. How are you feeling ahead of that one? The other one. Big time. Um, I don't know how. First game in the showgrounds. I'm not sure how we were beaten. Second game, we were just fucking terrible. Um, but with our recent home form, it's been really, really good. Um, I, I I can see us winning, uh, winning this game and just keep... The momentum. So, what well, this will be John's fifth game in charge. Uh, we've been unbeaten in the four previous. So, just want to keep that that run going and that momentum, especially going into Europe. So, no reason why we can't, and especially as well if uh, 
we get some of the absentees back uh, for for this week. So, yeah, fingers crossed. Have we only played Shell twice so far this season? Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah. Well, the, the last game up in Talca was an absolute disaster. Yeah. Um, so, but like, yeah, I like that. I think the, the fact that we're getting some players in who um, who haven't played football, who you know, who need to get minutes under their belts, uh, you know, will definitely add to our the energy that we're going to bring to the game. Um, you know, as you said, Jerry, you know, John will definitely have his, you know, the players will know exactly what they're, what's expected from him. You know, I would be looking for a similar kind of, uh, a similar kind of performance to that, that we kind of saw against Derry. Um, like we should be kind of getting up to a mark now where we are bringing a certain level of energy to the game. Um, and like, that's a big, we said it on the podcast we need to, the team needs to be fitter. Um, we saw uh, examples of the ball being moved faster, which, you know, particularly from through midfield, which is, you know, completely changes the outlook of, of how the team performs. So that's what I'm hoping to be, hoping to see, uh, you know, a real kind of sense of energy. And um, I think, I think we will see Aidan Keane in the number. Uh, I don't think we're going to see Frank. Uh, at all for this game I think we'll see Keane in a number nine role again I think you'll see him coming deep but um, you know hopefully uh, the likes of O'Sullivan and um, you know and that the wingers will just be more involved there'll be more that the fullbacks will be, will be higher up the pitch linking up with the wingers and that will we'll just have that more kind of cohesive approach to things and I suppose do we, does Greg Budger start this game if he's fit to play Magoo uh, yeah, I think he has to get minutes in him, get in his legs before uh, the European game. The following day, a few days, has uh, I think he definitely starts. Whether he plays a full ninety is a different story, but I definitely start him if he was fit to. Um, but I think, like lads, um, think as we as we alluded to earlier that you you know we seem to be have certain uh, things certain styles now building up away from home and at home I think what we've seen the two in John's two home games so far is is the fast start in the two games and I'd, and I'd expect to see the same again on Saturday straight for the throat plenty off full of energy and drive and purpose um, and just put it to bed early maybe and then you can have the, the last half hour hand it off and take it full of the gas and start looking ahead to the to the to Europe midweek Can I, can I ask a question um if Gary Buckley's fit, do you start him against Shells? Ronan, I'll ask you. Oh, uh, yeah, I would, to be honest. I would. Jerry? Um, well, I suppose, you, as good as the back four were, you know, it still wasn't an, an orthodox back four. So, yeah, I probably would. Yeah. Magoo? Yeah, 100%. Same. Like I said with Greg, if they're fit, to start... If they're fit, the physios and the and the the coaching team think they're fit to play, then yeah, get get the minutes in their legs before we travel. Whether this to play the ninety is another thing, but definitely get some minutes on the pitch. And I think if you're if you're going to give last minutes on the pitch, I always find this. I find it strange when people say, "Oh, he, he only has half an hour in him, or he only has forty five minutes in him." We bring him up, start him. So, like, if he's you know what I mean, and then bring him off. That'll be my thinking on it. If they, have, if they have 45 in them or an hour, start them and then take them off. I'd just and be a bit worried. I have three Buckleys on the bus. You know, if he's not, if he gets injured before the, the ball game, they're going to travel, you know. 
looking for refunds. <laughs> no fucking refunds. You don't take refunds. You can be on the bus with them. <laughs> yeah, we have to. Yeah, just another fifteen quid. Yeah, yeah, yeah absolutely. Be on the roof. <laughs> yeah, no. I, yeah, I'd be. I'd just be a little apprehensive. I think. Um, again, like I think we need. We need to be in our. Just looking ahead to the Ballot Town game now, as opposed to the Shelburne game, I would be. I'd be a little bit cautious. I would want our strongest eleven on the pitch against Ballot, and I'd be a little bit cautious about. Um, uh, you know. If, I think it would just be, be for me anyway it would be a bit of a confidence knock if something did happen to Gary uh, on Saturday yeah. if, he's not, if he's not fit enough to play on Saturday he'll hardly be fit a few day, fully fit a few days later neither yeah but if he is yeah but if he, yeah yeah well look at if he is fit though I'm saying if he is fit to play if he's right to rock for Saturday I would be a little bit cautious about playing him I'm sure if he's listening to this, he's saying that's absolute bollocks. Yeah, shut up. Yeah, yeah. 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 Well, no, like, the only thing is though, like, with Gary, like he does, he does, he does pick up injuries here and there, and he might um, muscle injuries. He might, you know, playing the game before the, the European game might give him that bit more confidence in his in his in his own head that he that he's 100 percent fit, yeah. rather than going into the European game tentatively and wondering if he can, you know. Will I last this game? Will I make the second leg? Whereas if he plays, if he plays the full ninety at the weekend, he'll know. Yeah, I'm, I'm fine. I'm sorted. Yeah, I think when you look at um, Shell's form coming, just come back to the Shell's game. Shell's form coming into the game, they were probably the last time we played them. If I remember correctly, they were on a, run, a bit of a run of form. Um, and but their form is has uh, has been inconsistent recently. I mean, I'm looking. For, I'm absolutely looking for three points here. And as you said, Jerry. You know, there's a bit of kind of retribution as well on our behalf. We need to to right some wrongs. Yeah, I'd say I'd say John Russell. Look, um, you know, look, Duff's got the got two overs so far this season, and I'd say not that John was in charge or anything like that, but and I'm sure the players would be too. Like they don't want to get bet three times by any club, you know, uh, and particularly a club that in all. Fairness are definitely not a better team than us uh, or squad. Like we really should be putting uh, wrongs to right now at this stage with them. Um, and I, I, I would be fully confident that we will take the three points on on Saturday night. Our home form has been really, really good. So I think as well, Magoo, you put up a, a lead tail there from the fa- the last five games, and basically every team really has been pretty much inconsistent. Bar Dundalk, they, they are the form team at the moment, but. At the same time, too, we've been unbeaten in the last four. I think we'll make a five with a win. And you mentioned Killian Heaney earlier on, Jerry. You're looking to see him start. Who does he come in for if he starts? O'Sullivan. Uh, just I thought, look, O'Sullivan, and I said it last week, I like O'Sullivan. I think he's a good player. Uh, gives you everything. Um, didn't have his greatest game there in United Park last week. His touch was a bit off. Um, I think O'Sullivan probably suits us playing on a bigger pitch and particularly on our pitch. But at the same time, too, I think Killian's come on in a few games and I watched the scratch game there as well against the under-17s a few weeks ago and he was just, he was the standout player for me um, in that game and also when he came on against Strada there the last day. Just, he gave us that urgency, that bit of, uh, he got us up the pitch. He, he, one thing that I think people refer to about Frank 
a couple of people have heard say, I hope he carries the ball. Killian actually does that. We have a player that does that, that is able to run with the ball. Um, and I definitely would give him a start. I think he more so than any other. There's a lot of young lads in and around the squad, but I just think he, in my opinion, deserves a start. Does it ask? Does it ask a lot of him though? Um, considering, like we've only seen cameos from him, you know, last 10, 15 minutes of a game. It's a it's a different. Yeah. Proposition for him altogether if he's going to start, but, and it, you know Shelburne, Shelburne. But it's you know Damien Duff is coming to town as well. There's a bit of a you know there's a bit about it. No, I don't think so. Look, at the end of the day, it's shit or bust for a lot of these young fellas as well. And instead they're chomping at the bit to get a goal to prove themselves. Um, you know sometimes you don't get many chances in football, and but you have to get a chance. And I think this is a this is in my opinion this is Killian Heaney's chance to get a start and. I've, from what I've seen of him in the cameo roles that he's done, more than capable. More, and he, he seems to have good confidence and is able to back himself because he definitely has confidence going around with that hairstyle. <laughs> yeah, he looks the part. He looks the part. And that's it, but he, 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 he'll, um, he's no shrink of violet, like, you know, and you can see it on the pitch as well. He's absolutely looking, he's busting to get at full backs and, um, and run into space. So, yeah, look at he, he'll, um, He'll, I, I think I'd say there's a reasonable chance that he could start on, on Saturday. There's a reasonable chance that he could. Yeah. Um, I think though as well, just from a kind of a tactical point of view, I feel that he that John Russell might feel that Killian Heaney is more of an option off the bench as well, especially if a fullback is tired. Um, you know, I think that might go against him in being in the starting eleven. I don't I don't like what McGill was saying there, you know, about players when he's only got 45 minutes in him like that too I don't agree that oh well he's only good enough to come off the bench and I know you're not actually saying that but I think look if you're good enough to come off the bench you're good enough to start and at some point in people's careers you know you need to start games you can't keep just coming off the bench and you're not going to get anywhere that way and who starts then in midfield three if Greg Budger returns to the start nine of who because nine more went off the last day it would look like a bit of concussion um, Magoo, who would you have alongside Greg in the midfield? Um, well, if Nile is fit, it'll probably it'll probably be well. I well, I suppose yeah. You have, you have the two wingers. Um, uh, it'll probably be uh, Adam. I'd say McDonald probably, but especially with Nile going off last week. Um, but and, and as Jerry says, like I wouldn't be. As worse, like I'd have no problem seeing Killian start out in the right neither. The only thing is, will will he do with the the work back? Would David John be worried about? Will, will will he do his defensive duties? Being a naturally his natural game as a striker, like so. But he, he like there's no problem doing the work. I'm not saying he won't do the work. I'd probably shift and he would. But he just naturally would he switch off at the wrong times, especially being a young fellow who's never played the, that kind of position before and in in to in that standard would probably be the only but like uh, I still wouldn't if he if he came out in the lineup as playing out in the right uh, I'd be all for it yeah give him a go so who, sorry who did you say you were going to start in the middle besides I, I didn't know I said McDonald and Greg <laughs> yeah yeah I, I think they're the, I think they're the obvious choices really I can't see how how we would deviate really away from no, unless the formation changes, like. Yeah. 
So prediction number ten. Number sorry. Go on, Jerry. So who's number ten? Keena, I would say. Oh, Magoo, who are you saying? Well, I'd say it'll probably be Keena as well, judging by well, he's been there the last two games, so um it's Frank whether Frank's willing to play number ten. Remains he's not going to play on Saturday. Remains to be seen, yeah, but I don't think he'll start, obviously, no. So I think the starting starting lineup, I'd say, yeah, Keener will probably be number 10. You got a wee wave and a, a wave of a, of a scarf over his head. That's the most you see from Frank on, on Saturday, I'd say. I don't know, you might get some minutes in, depending on how the game is going, I suppose. Well, I suppose, you know, and, and the fact that, look, if he, he's brought in for the European campaign as well, he does need minutes, doesn't he? If he can play, yeah, yeah. Actually, that does, that's, yeah. Like if you're three up. With twenty to go, you could I could see you could easily see him getting a run out. They drink the crowd and all that kind of crack. Yeah. We're three down with twenty minutes to go and make it a run into. Yeah, Frank. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Flexible Frank. Frank the tank. So lads, predictions. Connor, first of all. Uh two nil. Jerry. Uh three one. And Magoo? Trainer. Us. Trainer loss. The boys never said who, but I'm going to train it us. <laughs> I don't know. I don't know who they're for. Well, I, I I always give the home team first as as is traditional uh, when, oh, right. with you know offering a scoreline. Yeah. <laughs> right, lads. <laughs> right, lads. Thanks very much for that. And uh that wraps up this week's episode of the Bitterhead Supporters Trust podcast. Don't forget to get your entries in for the Beer Scorecast, which hopefully will be put up this week yeah. using the hashtag Beer Scorecast, tag Trust and tag the White Hag. But from myself, Ronan, thanks for that, Connor. Man, Ronan, I'd say, just say well done. Thank you very much for uh, joining us and um, we look forward to uh, many weeks of uh, of uh, our flan on the fourth podcast. <laughs> sure. Cheers, Jerry. Mm-hmm. Thanks, Roland. And thanks, Magoo. Cheers, Roland. Thanks very much. We will never forget.